Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, let's go tonight to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. This is where we'll begin. We're going to stay, uh, uh, continue with this that we have been on. Let us draw near. Uh, I believe this is the uh, ninth installment of this. I was telling my wife the other night, I said, I think we have a, a super series going. And uh, I, I've, I've been known to have 25-week series, so uh, uh, exercising your authority out there is 21 weeks. So, uh, uh, but that, that's the beautiful thing about being a pastor. You can just stay with something. And uh, so we're grateful. Uh, I was thinking about this, and you know, this series is, is primarily... Dealing with our maturity, with our progression, with our growth in Christ. And I was on my way home yesterday. I picked Lily up from school and it just came up so big in my spirit. You know, I'm going to stay with this till we get it. Until we walk, walk it out. And, and, and that's not to say that anyone in here is necessarily immature or not progressing. But the thing that we have to understand that, that I've learned is that when you lose the desire to grow, you've already stopped. And I have, to, I have to desire growth in my life as a believer, ever what that may be. I've known ministers before that, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they, they quit desiring the things of God. They quit going to church. They, now, they didn't come out of the ministry, but they quit going to church. They quit fellowshipping with, uh, with believers. They quit fellowshipping with other pastors. And what happened more than anything was that fire on the inside of them started, started dying. Because, because the, thing, the thing about any, any ministry, any of the five-fold ministry gifts, the thing about it is the change in people's lives. And, and, and having that fire to see that happen, that, that spiritual growth. Um, I, I see things in the Word still yet to this day that, I've, that I know I've probably read, but I've never seen it. But what, what causes me to see it is I'm hungry for the Word. And, and the Lord said to us about 2021 that it would be a year where people hungered for the word like a strong man hungers for food. And I believe we're moving into that. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, it says, let us draw near with a, a, a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So that phrase draw near, it means to be near, to draw near or to worship. And we made the statement uh, in the last two messages that part of our progressing, part of our maturing, part of our spiritual growth is that we desire this nearness with God. A, uh, uh, an immature believer, uh, a believer that's not growing and making progress, they're satisfied with an arm's length relationship with God. But someone that wants to be near to Him understands that the goal of the Christian life is progression. It's maturity, all right? And there are things that God cannot move people into because their maturity does not match where God wants to take them. This is so important because 
in, in, in any area, when you talk about the, the natural areas of life, there, there are things that, that immature children just cannot operate in, 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 in whatever, whatever the, the, the category. And when God says, I want to take a group of people somewhere, what will first happen is progression will be required. All right? Now, in Romans 12, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but we're going to center up on this for a while tonight. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we talked uh, last week about in light of, or he says, uh, by the mercies of God, in light of the mercies of God, all that he's talked about before this. He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And then he makes this statement, which is your reasonable service. Now, sometimes when we think about that word reasonable, we think, uh, well, you know, it's just rational. It's just, it's, it's just appropriate. And, and that is right to an extent, but it's something that you do by reason. Presenting your body, a living sacrifice. It's something that you do with a rational purpose behind it. Hallelujah. This has been defined as a service to God such as befits the reason. A service to God such as befits the reason. A spiritual sacrifice, not the offering of an irrational animal. All right? Now, the reason this is important is notice it says a service to God that befits the reason. In other words, there's a reason that you're presenting your body a living sacrifice. All right? There's a purpose behind it. And, and, and he says, not the offering of an irrational animal. Well, think about something that's irrational. It just makes no sense. Right? You've run into people like that, right? They're just irrational. They make no sense. And, and, and you might have even told them, look, you're being irrational. That doesn't make any sense. So in other words, he's saying that's not how you do this offering of yourself, of your body. It's not without a reason. It's not without a motive behind it. He says that this is our thoughtful. Now think about that. This is our thoughtful. We've thought about it. Rational worship of God. So ultimately it means we're to worship God with our lifestyle. My lifestyle is supposed to be worship to God. The Weiss translation says, Place your bodies at the disposal of God. A sacrifice, a living one, a holy one, well-pleasing your rational, sacred service. Rational in that this service is performed by the exercise of the mind. So that means you didn't just do it without thinking. You had to put thought into it. Other translation says it's your spiritual act of worship. All right? Well, you don't come to church and worship without thinking about it. 
right? You come to church with the purpose of worshiping God in mind. And so the point is, is that this tells us that the way we live is supposed to be worship to God. My life is worship to God. My lifestyle is worship to God. And he also says that it is acceptable to God when we live a holy lifestyle and offer our bodies a living sacrifice to God. Now notice, according to the scripture, we're commanded as New Testament believers to do something with our minds and our bodies. God requires that we do something with our minds and with our bodies. Now, I'll say this a couple more times probably in in the course of this teaching, but most believers, now maybe present company excluded, but most believers that you know, let me put it that way, if you walked up to them tomorrow and said, so how's the renewing of your mind coming? They'd look at you like you was a nut. Because they don't think about that. Or if you said, uh, did you present your body a living sacrifice today? They just kind of look at you. Because by and large, a lot of people in the church have no knowledge about renewing the mind or presenting their body a living sacrifice. They just kind of go through life. Amen. (laughs) But God requires that we do something, He says, with your mind and your body. Hallelujah. He says, notice, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word, this phrase, stop being conformed, it's what is referred to as a present imperative. And it literally means this, stop being conformed And start being transformed. So notice, we stop and we start. I have to stop being conformed to this world. And I have to start being transformed. See, there's a rational purpose behind it. There's a thoughtful purpose behind it. That means I've got to get up every day and think about renewing my mind. And think about presenting my body a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Now here in Romans, these are believers that Paul's writing to. He says right there in uh, uh, verse 1, I beseech you brethren. Brethren. So even though Paul had not visited Rome at this time, we can assume, we can make a fairly safe assumption in my mind that these people were not only born again, they were spirit filled. Well, how do we know that? Why would we assume that? Because remember when Paul went to Ephesus and he said he found certain disciples there and he asked them, you know, have you received the Holy Ghost since you were born again? And they said, we didn't know whether there'd be in such thing as a Holy Ghost, right? And he said, what baptism were you baptized? They said, John's. He said, oh, there's more. And it says he laid hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. Amen. When Philip had the great revival in Samaria... It says they sent for the apostles and that Peter and John came down and preached to them and laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. So it's a fairly safe assumption that these people were not only born again, they were probably spirit-filled. 
And I say probably because the scripture is not implicit about that. But nonetheless, notice these are believers, probably spirit-filled believers. And yet, notice, they were being conformed to this world. Because Paul had to tell them, stop being conformed. And start being transformed. They needed to do two things. They needed to do something with their body. And they needed to do something with their minds. Present your body and renew your mind. And and that's why when you get a lot of things that that go on in the world and you bring them in the church, there's a lot of self-help stuff in the church that people have brought out of the world. Amen. I mean, I mean, you, you, you've, you've, and, and please don't misunderstand me. I, I know there's a place for talking about it, but you know, over the years, I've dealt with a lot of addicts. We've had addiction recovery in our serve, in our churches ever since we've had a church. But here's the thing that we teach the most: is the primary problem with an addict is their mind is unrenewed. They're not presenting their body a living sacrifice, and they're not renewing their mind. And so they go to a 12-step program and and they start with the first step that I've admitted that I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, I'm a whatever, all right? I know that it's going to take, and, and, and then they go on to the third step. My life has become uncontrollable. It's going to take a power greater than myself to restore my life to sanity. But then they go back to that same meeting every, every week and stand up and say, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, I'm a this, I'm a that. And they stop the renewing of the mind process. That whole 12-step program is designed to renew the mind. The end result of the 12 steps is having had a renewal of the mind. We can now go help others. But what you have is it becomes a crutch. It becomes because the mind never gets renewed. Right? Well, you've got Christians that their mind's not renewed to things either. They come to church and they talk about being just sinners saved by grace. Well, yeah, I know I blew it. I know I messed up. What do you expect? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And then somebody will write a song and it'll, it'll be a number one hit about how they're just a sinner saved by grace. And people will sing it and cry and blubber and snot all over the place. And it's just people with unrenewed minds singing a song that makes their unrenewed mind feel good. Hallelujah. Did you see what I'm saying? And Paul is writing to these believers and he says, you've got to do something here. You've got to submit your body and renew your mind. So if our bodies are going to be submitted to God, only we can do that. No one can do it for me. If, uh, amen, if a believer fails to submit their body to God, they will just go on as a powerless, carnal, immature believer. That's just the reality of it. Hallelujah. Do you see that? And so you'll see believers that operate in no power in their life, not just no power uh, in, in the terms of, uh, uh, being healed in their body in victory in other areas. They exercise no power over the enemy. They exercise no power over the flesh and no power over sin. And the reason why is they're not consistently submitting themselves to God. 
Because you cannot consistently submit your body and your mind to God and not walk in power. It's impossible. Amen. Hallelujah. If we do not do something with our minds, God's not going to do anything with our minds. Because it's our mind. Hallelujah. I, I was... I was uh, 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 have, have dealt with people over the years, obviously as a pastor, and, and talk to people and I say, you've got to renew your mind. Well, here's the thing about renewing the mind. Again, it follows the same pattern as presenting your body. There's a reason behind it. There's a reason behind it. We're supposed to control what goes into our minds. Amen. What we think on. Now, obviously, what we think on primarily comes from what we see and what we hear. But what you believe comes from what you see and what you hear. You should never listen to anything. You should not listen to any teaching that is contrary to what you know is in Scripture. Right? I I had a guy one time that uh, uh, he went to our church for a while. And uh, he was talking to me about a certain minister. And he said, I listen to this minister every day. And I just asked him, why? Why do you listen to him every day? He preaches that tongues aren't for today. And that people that believe it are wrong. Why would you listen to him every day? Because at some point, that's going to slip in. I'm old enough to remember. Remember, what what was this thing? I'm trying to remember what it was. uh, Subliminal messaging. Remember when that was a big thing? Right? And, and, all the, and all the youth groups were throwing away records and stuff because it was all backward mask. And, and it might have been. I don't know. I'm not making fun. But they, they prove that, that they, can, they can be showing a commercial or a, a, a show and just for a split second throw an image in there and your mind will grab it. Amen. Think about that. So if you're listening to someone that preaches that maybe healing is not for today or healing has passed away or it's not always God's will to heal, you don't even have to hear the whole message. You just have to hear a sentence. And then a a, a symptom attacks your body or you need to believe God. And what comes up in your mind is maybe it's not God's will. If your mind is renewed to the fact that God is a healer and God is a provider and God wants you healed all the time, don't mess with that. It's set. Amen. Now, I I grew up in West Texas, bless its holy name. And uh, uh, I grew up up breaking horses. My brother-in-law and his family were all rodeo cowboys and and I got involved in that early. And we had a, fr- a, 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 a phrase that when you got a horse to a certain place, that horse was set. You don't need to mess with that horse. That horse is set. Right? When you get your thinking right, you are now set. Don't mess with it. Expand it, grow it, but don't mess with it. I had somebody ask me one time, they said uh, they brought a book by a certain minister and they said, uh, have you ever read this book? And it was a book about prayer. And I said, no, why would I? I mean, I'm not being ugly, but I said, why would I? They said, well, he's, you know, he's well known. I said, I don't care. 
He, he, there, there are certain things that he does not, he believes that sickness and disease are the will of God. I'm not being ugly, but now what am I going to find in that book about prayer from a, from a person that believes sickness and disease are the will of God, that God might be putting you through pain and, and testing you to teach you something? They said, well, who do you read on prayer? I said, Brother Hagin and Jesus. I'm not saying you can't read other books than Brother Hagin, but that, that is my mindset. If it changed my life and kept me saved, why would I go anywhere else? Do, do you understand that? So you control what goes into your mind. Amen. Then he said what will happen is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, that word renewal or renewing, it means a renewal or a renovation. So it's not just fixing you up. It's not just patching the holes in your mind. Uh, I worked for a guy one time that uh, uh, had rent houses. And you know, when somebody would move out, move out of a rent house, and you know, most people treat a rent house like they do a, a, a stray dog. You know, they don't take very good care of them. And, you know, we would go in there, and he, and he would have people come in, and here's what they would do. They would shampoo the old rug, put new paint on old paint, and clean it a little bit. It wasn't renewed, and it wasn't renovated. It was the same house, just new people living in it. Amen. This word that Paul uses, he doesn't want your mind just fixed up. He wants it taken back. The phrase is a complete change for the better in the believer's mental process. In other words, he wants your mind restored, taken back to the place of originality. Psalm chapter 19 verse 7 says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting, perfecting the soul. So your mind can be taken back to a place of innocence. That's how you can have somebody that lives a wicked life, a horribly wicked life, and they get born again, they get completely changed in their spirit. Their spirit they begin, begins to take to, 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 to access their soul, and, be, and that salvation in their spirit begins to invade their soul. They begin to renew their mind by the Word of God. And people will say, that's not even the same person. That's right, that's not even the same person. Because their minds have been totally renovated. Amen. Listen, I dare say, I don't know where everybody was in here before you got born again. Maybe you never did anything wrong. But here's what I know. I dare, I dare say that if you've spent any time renewing your mind, there are things that you can think about and, and think to yourself, I, man, I cannot even hardly imagine that I ever did that. Because your mind has been so renewed. But here's the other thing I know. You've had to work on it. You've had to apply the word. You've had to take authority over it. Amen. Oh, glory to God. See, this is, this is not only when we get saved. This is an ongoing process. Because if everything happened at the moment you asked Jesus into your life and received forgiveness of sins, that would be great. But this is an ongoing process process we're constantly renewing renovating changing our minds in uh, the Woos Bible says but change your outward expression to one that comes from within 
and is representative of your inner being. How? By renewing your mind. So change your outward expression to one that more represents your inner being by renewing your mind. So if, if I am going to ever have this outward expression that represents the change I had on the inside, it's going to come by renewing my mind. Now, notice in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 22. He says, Paul says, that you put off concerning, uh, concerning the former conversation... The old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the word conversation here is way of life or manner of life. Well, we could say it this way. Present your body a living sacrifice. Notice he said you have to do that. The, the, the Woos Bible says your original evil nature. That conversation is your original evil nature. And notice, Paul gives a directive, not a request, a directive. Put off the old man. Put it off. So I've, how, how often do I have to do that? Constantly. Amen. Because, because here's something I know. When you... Take the pressure off of your mind to renew it. Those old patterns will try to work their way back. Amen. And so that's why Paul says you've got to put off and you have to put on the new man. That's created after Christ in righteousness and true holiness. That's my responsibility. Remember back at the very first of the message. It's something that you do thoughtfully. It's something that you do intentionally. Now, then in James 1, we dealt with this verse some the other night. But this is important. James 1.21 He says, wherefore lay apart all filthiness, which is moral dirtiness, and superfluity of naughtiness, abundance of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So again, we could say, present your body a living sacrifice. Because James, remember verse 2, he's writing to believers. James tells these believers that they have to do something with their body in order to stay holy and separated before the Lord. That's the problem with some teaching that tells people there's nothing you have to do and you got saved and there's nothing you have to do, just God did it all. There's nothing you have to do, just be happy. And so we have carnal believers That sure enough, they're saved, but they're carnal believers. They're not walking in power. They're not walking in authority. They're not walking in victory, per se. Because they're not doing anything with their body or their mind. Hallelujah. These believers were born again, but in one sense of the word, their souls weren't saved. Their souls were not born again. Listen, well, I'll get into that in just a moment. 
Becoming a new creature and having our sins forgiven is not the saving of the soul. That's the saving of your spirit. And, and we've used that phrase over the years, well, this many souls were saved. Well, in reality, that many spirits were saved. Because what, what changed was my spirit. My soul is in that process. Hallelujah. Because remember, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and we reside in a body. My spirit's the part of me that's like God. It's the part of me that was born again. But my soul still needs to be saved. And so when you see a carnal believer, they're they're not walking out this process. When you get up every day and you say, Lord, today I present my body to you a living sacrifice. Amen. You get in the Word and you say, Lord, today I'm renewing my mind in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because it's something that I do by a volitional act. The key to this salvation of the soul is the word. Notice he said in James 1.21, Receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. The word engrafted is rooted or implanted. The Woos Bible says the implanted word that's able to save your soul. Hallelujah. Now, I've told my uh, testimony, if you would, a a number of times. I was born again when I was eight years old. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was nine and uh, was in church my whole life. I mean, my parents were were ministers and uh, mom is still ministering, uh, uh, traveling. But the point that I want to make with this tonight is this is that, you know, uh, long about probably the age of, I don't know, 17, I, I kind of started getting rebellious. And, you know, I, I know none of you ever did that, but I, I kind of started getting rebellious, you know. Uh, and, and I'd been in church my whole life, and uh, probably about the age of 20, I guess, I just backslid. I mean, there wasn't no, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't even close. I just backslid. And I've had people say, well, were you running from God? Well, no, God hadn't done anything for me to run from Him. I was just being rebellious. And I spent the next couple of years just living my life my way. You know what? You know, if it was immoral, it was immoral. But the point that I'm making is that I just spent my life, those couple, two, two and a half years, however long it was, living life my way. Well, about 23 years of age, I gave my life back to the Lord. Thank God. Didn't take me long to understand that you can live for a couple years for the devil and lose everything you got before then. But the point is, is that what I begin to recognize and what I recognize now in maturity, in in a more mature state, is I came back to the Lord, but my mind wasn't renewed. I was saved. I had given my life to Jesus. I had repented. I had given my life back to God, but my mind wasn't renewed. Amen. And, and I was raised in a denomination that we prided ourselves in believing the whole word. But I can't tell you that I ever heard a message on renewing your mind. Or that I ever heard a message on being the righteousness of God in Christ. Or that you had to present your body. I'll tell you how, how stock dogmatic they were, how much they believed the word. 
the, the leader of that group said that, that, that we were some of the only people going to heaven because we knew the word so much. Hallelujah. But I came back to the church, I came back to the Lord, and my mind wasn't renewed. Amen. I didn't know anything about who and what the Word said I was. I was saved. Thank God I wasn't going to hell. That, that's a great benefit, that we're not going to hell. But there's more than that. Those folks used to say, God wants to give you a little heaven to go to heaven in. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know that I was righteous. Righteous? One of the worst things you could do in the church I was raised in was tell somebody you were righteous. They would accuse you of pride and arrogancy and who do you think you are? Righteous. There's none righteous, brother. No, not one. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't know anything about being a son of God. Nothing. And man, when I first heard and got a hold of the scripture about being the righteousness of God, he has made him to be sin for them that knew no sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. It makes you look at your Bible and make sure there's not a misprint. That I'm righteous, I'm in right standing with God. That changes, your, that changes your whole Christian walk. Amen. And I had never heard that. No wonder it was so hard to live for God. No wonder it was so hard to keep things where they should be. I didn't really believe I was in right standing with God. You know, we were raised that, that you know, if you're driving down the road, and you're in an automobile accident. Let's say you die. And you know, maybe if when the other car hit you, you said something you shouldn't have said, that you're going to hell. You're, you're going to hell because you cussed. Well, I'm not advocating cussing. You shouldn't cuss. You should cut the cusser out. <laughs> but the point is, that's how we were raised, that God might get you. We had an album by an evangelist in, in our, in our, in our uh, uh, record collection. Now, I'm really dating myself. Our record collection. And it was entitled, God is a Killer. And went all through the scripture and, and took a lot of scriptures out of context. Here's the reason I'm telling you that. Not just to tell you how bad that could have been, but to tell you that's what we believe. And so when I gave my life back to God at 23 years of age and I started getting in the Word of God, after a year or so, I started seeing these things. Amen. Hallelujah. That I was a son of God. You know, I never thought about that till that time. I mean, Jesus was God's son. I'm a red-headed stepchild. I'm just, I'm just lucky. A man in the, in the denomination that we were in wrote a song called I'm a Worm and sang it at conventions about how we were just a worm, that we didn't deserve anything. We were just worms. And people boo-hooed and shouted about that song, shouting about being a worm. Can you imagine? That's no exaggeration. My dad went to the head of that denomination because my dad was healed during the days of the voice of healing. 
uh, one of the evangelists, L.C. Roby, laid hands on him and God healed him. Healed him of heart trouble and healed him of some other things. And those symptoms came back on him in that denomination. And he went to the head of the denomination and said, I need you to pray for me. You know, these symptoms are coming back on me. And this leader looked at him and said, Brother, that's just the icy breath of God. If he hadn't got a hold of the word, he would have died years before he went to heaven. You can imagine then what, how I had to think about the book of John 17 where Jesus said, I want you to convince them that you love them as much as you love me. What? That's, what? That's been there in that Bible all this time? And then I started seeing that I'm not, I'm, I'm, God doesn't love Jesus any more than he loves me. That he doesn't put Jesus on a pedestal that he doesn't put me on. That I'm not seated beside Jesus or in the vicinity of Jesus. I'm seated with Jesus. What's happening? My mind is getting renewed. I'm finding power and victory that I didn't know existed. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? Giving. Oh my Lord, prosperity. My Lord. I, I was raised believing, you know, this, that, that if, you know, if you didn't tithe, God would curse you. We never took the time to read the scripture where God didn't say, I'll curse you. He said, here's why you're cursed. Because you're not, you're not honoring me. So consequently, Pastor Michelle and I got married, and we struggled. We struggled financially. I was working all the hours they would give me. She was working two jobs, babysitting kids during the day and, and working at the uh, supermarket at night. And... Uh, but during that time, I started getting in the Word. And I took Malachi chapter 3 to God one, one night. And I put my finger on it and I said, God, this isn't working. And He revealed to me, here's why it's not working. Because you tithe when you think you have it extra, but when you don't think you have it extra, you just don't. And you're not consistent, and because you're not consistent, I can't bless you. Well, what's happening? Renewing of my mind. Now here, this is important. I started squeezing out that tithe. You know what I mean by that? I mean, see, my mind's renewing. I, I would tithe, but I mean, it was to the penny. It, it wasn't a quarter cent more, half a cent more, a third of a cent more. It was the exact tenth. Amen. My mind's being renewed. You see what I'm saying? But God started bringing resources to me. Ten golden keys to abundance. Hallelujah. Brought, brought me, uh, uh, Brother Copeland, into my life. Establishing your heart on the Word of God. Brought Charles Caps into my life. All these men that radically revolutionized through the Word of God are thinking. My mind wasn't renewed. I was born again. I loved Jesus, but my mind wasn't renewed. I was born again, but I didn't see myself as righteous. I was born again and broke. I was born again and not prospering. 
Amen. But I kept getting a hold of the Word of God. Why? The Word is a powerful, cleansing, delivering agent. You get a hold of it and it starts working. When you don't know the Word, you can't live in the power of the Word. If I don't know what the Word says, I can't live in the power of it. Hallelujah. Verse 22 of that same chapter says, Be doers of the Word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. We can't have the blessings of God unless we act in faith on the bless, on the promises of God. And I can't act in faith on the promise of God if I don't think right. Amen. So I, I've got to act. I've, I've got, if I want the blessings, I've got to act in faith on the promise. But I can't act in faith on the promise if I don't think right. I've had people say after I shared something in the Word, well, that's not how I was taught. That's not how we believe it in our church. And people will say, well, that's just religion. That's an unrenewed mind. Hallelujah. Our thinking can mess our believing up. And if we believe wrong, our talking will be wrong. And then we'll really have a problem. Hallelujah. When a person learns that they can go to the Bible and be absolutely confident that they can receive any promise God made to them, their life will change. See, the renewing of your mind changes the way you think so you can know how you ought to believe. That's the purpose for renewing your mind, is so that you can know how you ought to believe. Hallelujah. So that you can know this, this is the way I ought to see this. The most important thing in the world a Christian to, for a Christian is to get their mind renewed by the Word of God. That's the most important thing in the world for a Christian, is to get their mind renewed by God's Word. Hallelujah. So important. You know, that's why people will, you'll see people, they'll, 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 they'll ask questions. They'll see some, somebody in the church, two people, and they'll see two people, both of them get saved, both of them get delivered, and one of them, it just seems like they take off. And they just overcome things and, and jump over hurdles and, and, and shake things off. And the other person, they struggle and maybe they succumb to it and they, whatever you want to call it, backslide or fail or whatever you want to, you want to say. And I found the reason one renewed their mind and one didn't. I've told the story very often, Pastor Michelle's told it, about her coming uh, into the church where my parents were preaching. And, uh, uh, you know, she had been uh, addicted to everything she was addicted to for years. I mean, from the time she was 16. Didn't hear about Jesus till she was 23. So you can readily see that's, what, seven, eight years. And she came in that church. And in a split moment of time, my father asked her, young lady, do you want help tonight? And she said, yes, I want help. And God instantly delivered her instantly set her free, instantly delivered her life. She went home, flushed all those drugs down the toilet, never touched them again. 
the couple that was very instrumental in her getting saved, very instrumental in getting her to church, very instrumental in bringing her to Jesus. They couldn't quit smoking and ended up getting a divorce. And, and not anywhere with God where they should be. Well, what happened? How, how is it that the, the, the person they bring to church gets instantly delivered, instantly set free, a couple weeks later, a few weeks later, quit smoking, never went back to it, is the most holy woman I know, probably the holiest person I know. What, what, what's, what's the difference? The renewing of the mind. She instantly got a hold of the Word of God. She was brought into the church under the word of God, under Brother Copeland, under the, right? Brought into the, word, uh, into the, the church under the word of God with the renewing of her mind. Amen. The most important thing anybody can do in any area is come to church, be under the word of God, getting in the word of God yourself, being where the word of God's preached, because that's how your mind's going to be renewed. When you sit in the local church, you'll hear things that will renew your mind. And if you'll start thinking that way, if, if it can be shown to you from the Word of God, then I take that and I begin to apply that to my life. I'll finish with this. I, and, I, and I talked about this some last Saturday in uh, our Saturday evening service. I remember the day that Galatians 3.13 just stood up and looked at me. You know Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Boy, that hit me. Wait a minute. And I went over to the curse of the law. And I looked at all those diseases. And it hit me. I'm redeemed. Now, did I know I was redeemed? Yes, I did. I, I knew that. But my mind had not consist my mind had not completely been renewed to that. I'll tell you when what verse really struck me that really brought that home was where it says, and every sickness and every disease not mentioned in this law. And I just flipped that around and thought, okay, if he's saying that there are diseases and sicknesses that are not mentioned, and if they consistently walk in disobedience, those will come on them, then that means that every sickness and every disobedience not mentioned here, I'm redeemed from it. I don't have to know what it is to be redeemed from it. Right? And so I've had people look at me when we talk about what, whatever sickness. I, I've said it for years, not just about COVID. I don't mind telling you I'll never have the flu. I don't mind telling you, I'll, ne I'll never have the, the, the diseases of this age. People say, how can you be so sure? I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Think about that for a moment. When your mind becomes renewed to that, not only do you stand against it, you stand against it with the understanding, if I'm redeemed from it, it can't come on me. The price has been paid. And you have to answer with a renewed mind. You begin to answer those things. No, 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 no. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Amen. Because your mind is being renewed. I begin to notice something. And I had to change this. Remember I talked about your talking. I begin to notice something. Man, I'd be driving uh, my daughter to school or coming to the office or whatever. And, uh, you know, 
uh, people would just cut me off. One guy almost hit me head on. And uh, I'd look at my wife and I'd say, can you believe these drivers in this city? My Lord. And man, one day I said something and up out of my spirit was just a very simple phrase. You can have what you say. I know none of y'all have ever done anything like that. But I thought, okay, now wait a minute. I know too much. Because this is, this, is getting, this is getting too close. This is happening way too often. And so up out of my spirit came this phrase, in my pathway is life and there is no death. Somebody cuts me off, I'll say, oh, praise God, in my pathway is life and there is no death. I've been saying that for a long time now, a period of time now. And, and do you know those instances have just stopped? Now see, I'm still renewing my mind. I know you can have what you say. But somehow I didn't think it mattered that I talked about how bad the drivers were. I'll call my wife and she'll say, well, how you doing? I'll say, well, everybody's driving real safe today. So we're good. Amen. Renewing our mind. And the result of that, I'll close with this. The result of that is that you'll grow. And the more you grow, the more you grow, the more you mature, the more you qualify for. And the more you qualify for, the more God can bring to you. I want all he has. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up, shall we?